Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Chris Strub. Chris Strub is a social media educator, speaker, storyteller, and author of 50 States, 100 Days, The Book. He is the first person to live stream in all 50 United States. His book highlights Chris's adventures during the summer of 2015, where he traveled solo and unsponsored to all corners of the country, weaving together stories of youth-related nonprofits using a broad variety of social media tools. He is considered among the top 99.9% of all social media users in Snapchat, streaming video, social media, and nonprofits. When it comes to nonprofit organizations and social media, Chris is basically the most ninja ninja out there. Chris, thank you for joining me on the Get Up Nation podcast. I know your schedule is very busy, so I'm honored you took the time to speak with me today. I have a number of questions about your book, which we will get into shortly. But first, could you share with Get Up Nation some of the services you currently offer individuals and organizations and what you've been up to recently? Yeah, man. So, uh, first of all, thanks again for having me on. It's an honor and uh, to be listed among all of the previous guests that you've had on the show. It's, it's really, really incredible. So, in the last month, I've moved here to Greenville, South Carolina. I live right downtown here, and uh, I've started a new blog recently called Giving Day Guy, and that blog is focused on marketing services and different social media strategies and ideas for organizations that are participating in and organizations that facilitate giving days around the country. And we're recording right now just in the shadow of Giving Tuesday, so everyone's still on that giving high. Uh, I know that over $125 million were raised on Facebook alone for Giving Tuesday. But what a lot of people don't realize is that giving days are a phenomenon that take place year-round in different cities all around the country. I have the privilege of working with the Big Give in San Antonio in March, and the last couple of years I've worked with uh, Give for Good Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky, each September. And each of those days is raising around $5 million per year just in that community for hundreds of participating nonprofits. And, and my big goal now, Ben, is to continue to expand those services in 2019 to work with Giving Days, large and small, all around the United States and maybe even around the world to help them best leverage social media to be able to share their story. So that's been my big focus, but as I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about, I've got my hands on a lot of different projects and ideas. I've got my Facebook group, socialwithstrub.com. got my online courses and all sorts of fun stuff going on in the entrepreneurial space. But really, uh, the giving day focus is where I've got most of my attention uh, heading into 2019. And as you know, Chris, what we focus on intensely here at Get Up Nation is largely about resilience and perseverance. 
You've authored 50 States, 100 Days, the book, after your adventures in 2015. It's a powerful example of resilience. You open with a painful scene where you show up at the first nonprofit organization of your 50-state trip. Day two, no sponsors, self-funded, just you. Basically, your 2007 Honda Accord, a GoPro, and an internet connection. You arrive 20 minutes into the visit at a South Carolina Youth Development Center, and a staff member looks at you and says, that's it? Day two, 98 to go. But you weren't going down easy. You tapped into the passion and mission of that organization and the people within it. And that same staff member who was initially disappointed became one of your biggest advocates once she saw your heart and your spirit and what you were setting out to do. As an innovator, where many people don't even understand the technology, language, and capabilities of your expertise, and you get walloped occasionally by self-doubt or confusion or frustration, what keeps you bouncing back and driving on to do so much good? Well, you know, uh, to keep on the theme of uh, the, the Carolina Youth Development Center and Tim Brown, who I'm so glad you mentioned, you know, that, that particular allegory that kicks off the book. I think remembering the words that Tim Brown told me and then she wrote on my car before I left Charleston, South Carolina, are a big part of what keeps me going. And that phrase, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book, is E-W-O-P. And that phrase stands for everything works out perfectly. And I always try and remember, Ben, the big goals and the big dreams that I have in my head. And what's really inspired me as well, as we foreshadow some of your quick hit questions, is, you know, getting a chance to meet people in real life, right? Getting a chance to connect with people, shake their hand, give them a a hug, take a picture. Um, I've been very, very blessed over the last couple of years to be able to travel around the country, get invited to speak from coast to coast. And when you make those connections in real life, uh, as I did during 50 States, 100 Days, you know, with Kim and with the many other participating nonprofits, um, it's those experiences that, that fuel you, even when you're, you know, in the office or uh, like me in my apartment, placing phone calls and sending emails. It's those real life emotions when you see somebody for the first time that you've only connected with on the internet or you, you, you hear how your work has impacted the lives and the careers of others that really fuel me. And, and I'm very, very blessed to have a lot of that sort of emotional ammunition stored up here uh, as we look into 2019 and beyond. In 50 States, 100 Days, the book, you describe how you visited organizations which are often quote, the manifestation of one individual's passion. When you experienced all of these things, what did that teach you about perseverance and one passionate idea and what they can do together? Man, that's a great question, and I'm so glad you pulled that thread out of the book as well. And you're right. There are a ton of organizations out there that are manifested, as you said, from the drive and determination of one person's heart, right? And we hear that so frequently, right, that, uh, you know, can one person really make a difference? I know uh, we're just about a few weeks out from the death of, of Stan Lee, and everybody turns back to that quote with, with, with his death in mind as well. But when you read through 50 States, 100 Days, and you read the stories of people like Robin McHalen, who started True Colors uh, decades ago, and now that's the most influential organization, uh, one of the most influential LGBTQ organizations in the Northeast world in the country. You know, you talk about, we can just go to chapter two with with, uh, Jack, the founder of Urban Hope in Savannah, Georgia. These people gave their lives and they were dedicated to this cause to a point 
point that they're making an enormous amount of personal and professional sacrifices. To me, the idea of using social storytelling for good and being able to be a pioneer and be a bright light in the lives of people, and as I, I talked about before, to be to be reminded daily through social media that, that the work that you do is is important to people and does inspire people to, to keep going with their own dreams. It's circuitous, but it's fantastic. And it, it's really, really special, especially when you get outreach from new organizations, right? There's, you know, for every organization I visited, there's thousands of other nonprofits out there that deserve to have their stories told as well. And before I die someday, I'd love to visit every nonprofit in the country, mm. you know, which is probably an impossible goal. But there are just so many stories out there, Ben, that deserve to be told. And I'm really, really proud to be able to, to share some of them. And these dreams are often born out of adversity or suffering, aren't they? Someone experiences something traumatic or painful they identify gaps in our systems or our awareness which could have prevented or could yet prevent it, and they want to create a space where others don't have to suffer like they did or how someone they love did. As you think about the work you do for nonprofits and your network of amazing selfless people who strive to, to serve those who suffer in our communities, are there any people or organizations that come to mind that have really resonated personally with you? Gosh, I mean all of them. So many of these organizations then are incredibly inspiring and, and obviously I, I think the listeners are probably more familiar with some of the, the bigger brands, so to speak, right? The Boys and Girls Club, the YMCA, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, right? That these organizations bring a lot of localized flavor and energy because of the people that have often sat in a leadership position for, for many, many years. So there's a lot of those types of examples in the book. But what, what really gets me going when talking about, you know, 50 states, 100 days is those smaller organizations that are making a huge impact without necessarily having the spotlight. My favorite one to, to go back to, again, is all of them, you know, like Youth Rebuilding New Orleans, which was started in the weeks after Hurricane Katrina over a decade ago now. But I love talking about rideability in Rochester, Minnesota, which uh, was founded by Jim and Jeannie Nicolesi. And, uh, you know, there's no cellular connection out there. There's no Wi-Fi. You know, I get out there, I pull up onto this dirt road and park the car in the mud. And, you know, they have the little hot dog roller in the barn. And there's cats crawling around. And I'm like, oh, man, this is it. This is pure Americana, right? I'm out here in, in the hills of Minnesota, you know, on a, on, a, on a hot July afternoon, and these kids who benefit from these horseback riding lessons and opportunities at this organization, their lives are so positively impacted by what's happening there every single day, right? And that's the true magic. That, to me, is what makes America so great, right? It's, it's the work of people like Jeannie Nicolesi in Minnesota, who is running this organization without fanfare, without a multi-million dollar budget, without the, the benefit of branding, much less, you know, Facebook Live and Instagram stories. Right. No, they do what they do because of the passion that they have for the, the kids in the program. And that's what's really special to me about the, the stories that I've been blessed to, to encounter during my travels. Right, and I love that you make it available for others to experience that beautiful laughter of children as they experience something in those moments. Oftentimes, no one hears that and no one no one knows about that. And so for you to 
bring the American consciousness to that remote location to experience such a satisfying and special place where the best of life exists. It's a, it's a powerful thing. That's why I'm such a fan of your work. And you also describe... Thank you. Yeah, and I also I love how you describe simple actions that can do so much. We often get railroaded by our own mind at times, saying the challenge is too much, it's too big. We tell ourselves we're powerless. When the truth is, the exact opposite is true. We distract ourselves from realizing, as you write, a spirited game of Simon Says, or a game of volleyball, or making popsicle stick airplanes, how these things can be an empowering moment of respite for those who are in adversity, who have experienced violence or trauma. By making yourself vulnerable and open, how often on your trip did you find people making a big impact in seemingly small actions? Oh my gosh, Ben, you know, uh, repeatedly over and over again. And, you know, that's why I love celebrating the work of all of the people that are out there in the field, right? The book is not about me. It's about the people that are leading these programs and, uh, you know, especially the volunteers. There's a lot of people featured in the book who they don't get paid to get out there and, and provide these moments uh, for the children or for the people in the program. There's a lot of people in the book that are just there because they love serving their community and, and love serving their country, you know, and we, we sometimes do overlook the power of those those little moments, you know. And what 50 States on the Days does is it it's a snapshot. It's, it's a modern-day photograph, you know, a daguerreotype, so to speak, of not just America, not just the best of America, but, you know, the other thing that's really interesting, then is, you know, we're recording this in late 2018. America itself is a lot different than it was in the summer of 2015. And so when I, when I look at the phrase, the heartfelt hug for humanity, you know, printed on the cover of the book, which I, I took from one reader's generous review, I also remember that that hug for many people, especially given so much of the hatred that's, that's taken place, you know, and not to mention the natural disasters, especially last summer, I feel like people in America these days need that heartfelt hug more than ever before. And it's really, really special to look back at those preserved memories and say, wow, you know, even though this was just three years ago, this is, this is really the best of what America can be. And it's, it's really a restorative reminder for a lot of people to, to turn to when they're, they're just constantly surrounded by bad news, unfortunately, which we've seen way too much of over the last, you know, 36 months. And that's what I love about it, too, is it's, it's a snapshot of something that happened not so long ago, but it's also the promise of what we can do, and it's the promise of what can happen. And so it's this perfect draw from the past, but promise for the future. And here we are in the present, and the opportunity is here. And where there is so much negativity, I kind of start to get really excited when things do get dark, when things do get, get frustrating, when people, when we are in such a dark time, it just opens up the door for so much opportunity. It gives us the ability to even have some small actions that we take impact people in such a powerful way because we are starving for these positive moments, we are starving for connection and authenticity and people who are doing what you do so that we can remind ourselves of what's possible and then create it. You mentioned here recently, it was Giving Tuesday. It's a huge day in the world of nonprofits where so much good happens. What are some of the ways that you've been helping people run their nonprofit organizations in a way that maximizes their social media capabilities, especially on this week where, where Giving Tuesday has happened? Well, I think the biggest key, Ben, 
is to think longer term, right? That when we're using social media to cultivate relationships, just like any other kind of relationship in life, the longer stem approach you can provide for people to, before you get to that ask, the better off you're going to be with your fundraising campaigns and basically every objective that you're trying to achieve from a nonprofit perspective, whether it's attracting more volunteers, attracting board members. So I encourage organizations to start with what their goals are and what their needs are at the moment, right? Social media uh, seems like a lot of fun and games sometimes because it's so simple, right? We're going to type in something, we're going to post it on Facebook, we're going to find a picture, we're going to share it on Instagram. But the success comes and the the money, uh, literally and figuratively, comes when you use social media with a longer-term vision. You understand exactly who your audience is for everything that you're publishing on social media, and you speak to them in a language that is directly targeted to that particular audience. And I've been going through a little bit of a struggle with this lately myself, to be honest with you, Ben, is when you apply that filter to what you're creating on social media, it feels almost exclusionary, right? Because we all want to create stuff that, that just pleases everybody that's in our social circles already and everybody that we know. But if you're looking to achieve an objective through social media, then you have to remember to focus on those people who you know you are designing your message for. And that can mean speaking in more simple language. That can mean speaking in more advanced language. That can mean speaking on different social media channels, right? Do we need to attract a younger audience? Well, I don't like using Snapchat, but, you know, if our younger audience is there, then we need to be on Snapchat. You know, stuff like that where you have to to put your, your audience first and your customer first. And that's not something that's exclusive to nonprofits. That's really for every business, right? It's trying to adapt to the consumer base and to the audience that is your core constituent. You know, nonprofits, I find, sometimes can feel a little bit uh, or, or can appear a little bit presumptuous on social media because they assume that everyone knows their story and knows their struggle. And that's the other big part of it, then, is encouraging organizations to remember that most people don't understand the depth and the complexity of the issue that they're designed to take on. So, uh, again, it, it's, it's really, it's not incredibly technically difficult to post on social media. What's what's really difficult is shifting that mindset to think about what your strategies are, what your objectives are, uh, and then uh, having the patience to trust in that long-term plan that you want to put in place that's going to help you get to your your giving day ask. You know, I, I talk a lot about how the best time to start your giving day plan for the following year is the day after Giving Tuesday, right? Like now is the time to get started towards building towards that big ask for next year so that you have your community excited and energized and ready to support you when that juncture does come. With social media, it's, it's so much about communication and it's so much about communicating clearly, knowing your audience, knowing who you are and sharing it effectively so that your message can get across in a way that's meaningful, especially in our information age when so many people are consuming so much media. Um, and that's the special thing about nonprofits and, and these, the missions of these people who are, are trying to do so much good and create something special. Getting that ability to share in a meaningful way and communicate according to the platform's parameters and abilities and capabilities. And certainly you are a phenomenal example of someone who can help us all do that better. At this point, I just want to take some time to share with Get Up Nation something about you, Chris, that's inspiring to me and, and what you do with social media. I met 
you via social media uh, introduced on LinkedIn by Peter Davison. Peter is a marketing and, and social strategist in the London, Canada area. After briefly connecting, Chris asked about an idea I had for my nonprofit organization that pairs veterans and noble civilians together to honor the sacrifice and memory of a fallen service member by doing acts of good together in service of others. So one of the families my nonprofit supports is facing the challenges associated with pediatric cancer. A four-year-old in this family named Isaac has been battling neuroblastoma since he was two years old. During pediatric cancer treatments, the siblings often become overlooked when it comes to time and attention because of how much energy and focus is required to treat the cancer. So we began to focus on ways we could help support not only Isaac, but his parents and his siblings, Aiden and Tyler. Isaac's brother, Tyler, has a dream of becoming a YouTube star. So I mentioned uh, Tyler to Chris. And even though you were in the process of moving, uh, you created a short video for Tyler encouraging him in his dream uh, to be a YouTube star. You took time to do this for free when you could have been making money serving business clients or getting the monumental amount of work done that comes with moving. And not only that, you recruited two of your friends who are also brilliant when it comes to social media named Stephanie Liu and Paul Ince. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. They also, made, right. they also made videos for Tyler in addition to the one that you made. And when my team presented these videos to Tyler and his family, Tyler said, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. So I just wanted to share that with GetUp Nation and with any entrepreneurs, nonprofit staffs, and business leaders who are considering drawing upon your expertise. This is the kind of man you are. This is the type of person I would want to help ensure my organization is effective in utilizing the massive capability of social media. If you're a person of high character who values people the way we do at GetUp Nation, I would encourage you to reach out to Chris today. Um, Chris, I just wanted to, to, to make sure that just how you've impacted me and the people in my network, I wanted to make sure that the people in GetUp Nation understand um, what you can offer them and their businesses because of the impact that you've made uh, personally. And I also wanted to share something else with you. In your book, you talk about your stop at Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Ozarks in Springfield, Missouri in 2015. You participated there in an activity where you helped lay bricks on the site. These bricks are not ordinary. They decorate the hallways of the building and are engraved with the names of donors who buy the blocks for $100 each. You write in the book how you wished you could have purchased one of those bricks at the time to help support these amazing people, but were unable to at the time because, as we've mentioned, you were self-funding your trip. You had no sponsors at all, so you just didn't have the resources at that time and how you wished, after meeting the amazing people there, that you could buy one of those bricks. So this morning, Chris, I spoke with an employee there named Dana Rust. They still do these brick sales. And so, Chris, on behalf of GetUp Nation, we're going to be purchasing one of these bricks that will be engraved with your name if you would be kind enough to allow us to do that. Uh, I wish I could stop crying to say yes. That's incredibly kind of you. And I, can't, I did not know that was coming. Um, I, I'm sorry to be breaking up here uh, emotionally, uh, hopefully not breaking up over the phone, but um, that is, uh, that's, that's crazy, man. Um, thank you so much. Um, it's my honor to do so. Uh, let me just say, dude, like, you say these, these words about Tyler, and um, 
in fact, the, the gentleman that I, I worked with in Springfield, Missouri, his name is also Tyler. And so this feels kind of circuitous to me that you would tie those two stories together. You know, Tyler's, the, the Tyler that I know from Springfield is one of the kindest guys I've ever met. He's been extremely helpful to me ever since. And we've been able to keep in touch through social media. But, um, you know, I'm just, I, I'm overwhelmed and I, I'm incredibly grateful and incredibly moved um, that, that you guys would take an action like that. I, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. It's I, I haven't broken down like this before, but I, I just, I, I, what I want to say, Ben, is this, that you say that this, this, this little simple action that I took for, for, for your Tyler was one of the coolest things that's ever happened to him. And I want to tell you that what you just told me over the phone is one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. So um, that's, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. Like, that's, that's, that's incredible, man. Thank it's, you. It's, it's our honor to do that. And a portion of the forward of your book reads this. This book is pure me, my heart, my soul, my all. One look at my credit card statements, and I realize it's quite literally everything I've got. And now it's yours. You even state that you don't exactly even know why you took this trip to every state in America in 100 days, but I'm glad you did, and I'm glad you've given your everything, because very few on this earth have the courage or the discipline to put themselves out there in a selfless way, in a way that offers and doesn't demand. It led me here now to meet you and to have worked together to enlighten the life of a young boy who has had his family thrashed by the trauma of pediatric cancer. Your actions created in a young boy the statement, that's the coolest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life, Maybe Tyler now will also have the courage to follow your example, to make himself vulnerable, to engage another enough to seek their dreams and value the glory and beauty of each unguaranteed moment and to live it in a pristine way that is kind, selfless, brilliant, and open. Corporate sponsors are waking up to the reality in our world of violence and anger that people like you who don't miss the mark, who don't allow themselves to be distracted by less, are the CEO and executive directors they dream of. They create businesses and organizations that are, as Ben Baker of Your Brand Marketing puts it, not just a commodity. Chris, there are so many great things ahead for you. It's been an honor to have you on the show. I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Will you run through these six quick questions with me on the Get Up Nation podcast? Absolutely. Who are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for my family. Um, you know, that pursuing a dream like what I've done over the last few years, uh, the backstory to 50 States, 100 Days, you know, quitting my pretty safe and sound nine-to-five job uh, in upstate New York to pursue a dream that uh, has evolved so much over the last few years. You know, the, the patience that my parents in particular, my sister, have demonstrated is incredible. So uh, I'm definitely grateful for my family. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? Uh, I'm thankful for... Uh, the internet, man. I'm thankful for the tools that uh, are given to all of us, or, you know, that we're lucky enough uh, to have here, especially in the United States, that keep us interconnected, that, that have really facilitated this uh, seamless 
transmission of ideas and uh, energy and love that the world that we live in today is so different than I could have ever possibly imagined growing up. And the world uh, that I know Tyler is going to live in as he gets older is just going to be even more and more interconnected and facilitating of this, this positivity. So I'm, I'm grateful for technology that brings people like you and me together. Absolutely. How do you fuel the fire within you? listen to this podcast again. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, again, I, I think uh, I, I have a, uh, a whole row of photographs printed up here on my apartment wall here. And lately I've been looking back at these photos to remember that even when we're not physically together, that my friends around the country and around the world believe in me and I believe in them. So I use these digital memories as fuel to help cultivate and uh, create more of those memories in the future. That's excellent. What is one thing that adversity has taught you to value? Um, health. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very lucky myself to be in, uh, and I'm knocking down wood literally right now as we're recording, uh, pretty good uh, physical health. And yet I never, ever take that uh, for granted, um, you know, that the ability to jump in your car and, and travel around and tell stories on the go uh, is tied directly to your, your health. And so, you know, I, I, I'm a very big believer in not just doing everything that you possibly can to maintain and improve your own health, but also to never take advantage of the, the, the ability to uh, wake up and get out of bed every day and to do the most that, that you can with that energy that, that you're given uh, every morning. So I would, I would say health. What are you doing today you never thought you could? It's <laughs> uh, a great question. Um, you know, I'm living independently in a beautiful apartment here in Greenville, South Carolina, and spending my time communicating with some of the, the smartest and most professional people on the planet while planning out paid adventures to get to different giving days around the country next year. So I'm living a dream here in uh, what I believe to be the most beautiful city in the United States. Amazing. And what will you do tomorrow that you never thought you could? Yeah, it's tough because, you know, I've learned over the years, every day, I just feel more and more empowered. You know, when you say never thought you could, I mean, I never thought that I could inspire a listener of this podcast when this does come out to take some action that they wouldn't have otherwise. But uh, I, I really do sincerely hope that uh, all of the answers we've spoken to today will inspire someone that I've never met to get up and to volunteer uh, at an organization that they may not have heard of or to make a donation or to just be kind to people, you know, and it's, it's unbelievable to know that uh, these lessons will be out there for the rest of time and someday my Chris, it's been an absolute honor to have you on the show. I want to respect your time here and let you get back to the amazing things you're doing. Um, just briefly here at the end, how can people learn more about you and your work? Yeah, you can find me across all my different social media channels at Chris Strud. I'm particularly active on Twitter, so that's a great way to get in touch with me. Instagram is also at Chris Strud. And if you uh, are working with a nonprofit and you want to check out the, the main focus of mine, as I mentioned before, the, the new website is givingdayguide.com. And my, my main website is keepingstrub.com. So 
That's it. Thank you, Chris. My goodness, man. The pleasure is all mine. I appreciate you so very much, and um, thank you so much for taking your time. This has been epic, and uh, I'm still wiping tears from my eyes. You can probably hear it in my voice. Um, that was fantastic. Thank awesome. you so, so much. This holiday season, consider giving bigger gifts than what you can buy. This season, close your eyes and hear the voices who call to you. See the sights you're drawn to. You don't need a million dollars to create powerful impact. Think of that person whose struggle haunts you, whose suffering touches you. Think of that person whose struggle inspires you, who you admire, and be the person who takes action and refuses to let the words go unsaid. I'm thinking today of Isaac, Aiden, Tyler, Debbie, and Patrick Johnson. This one's for you. On behalf of Get Up Nation and United Patriot Missions, thank you Justin, Jonathan, Brian, Allison, Claire, Taylor, Sam, Lisa, Dan, and Nick. You know who you are. Thank you.